Hey, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Just Talk About It podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. And if you're here for the first time, this platform was created to give genuine people just like you an opportunity to share a portion of your life's journey. So with that being said, I have Cordell Madison on with me today, where he shares his experience growing up in the city of Norfolk, Virginia, and in Key West, Florida. He also shares that the ups and downs of his journey growing up made him into the man he is today. So, hey, without further delay, go and grab your your husband, your wife, your children, or even call a friend and listen in together to my conversation with Cordell on Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Hey, let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Today I have Cordell Madison on with me today. So first of all, man, thank you so much for being a part of this episode with me. I really appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me, man. You know, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk about where you come from and the trials and tribulations you've been through. Absolutely, man. So where are you from, Cordell? I'm from Norfolk, Virginia, originally from the uptown section of Norfolk. Um, I was born in a neighborhood called Bowling Park. That's where most of my family from. But I was raised in Florida for like the most of the beginning years of my childhood. Wow. Shout out to Bowling Park. Hey, Cordell, I believe everybody has their own experience <clears throat> growing up, man. Some are good and some are not so good experiences. So how was yours growing up in Norfolk, Virginia and in Florida? I had a big family, a big party and family, as you could say. Uh, it was always something going on where I'm from. But early on, my mom and my three sisters and my brother, we moved to Florida. So I was raised in Key West, Florida, like I said. Okay. Until about six years old when my mom got cancer. Wow. So really early on as a kid, I had to really grow up fast because of a devastation like that. My mom died at 36 years old and I was six years old. So it was just one of them things. Yeah. Having to grow up fast. Yeah, exactly. One of them things, having to grow up fast and having to pay attention to your surroundings fast because you really, you know, you're out there for survival. So you had to raise your siblings? <laughs> We all got split up, really, with different family members because my mom died. So my older sisters went somewhere, my next sister went somewhere, and like that. And my little brother went with my aunt. So we was all split up at an early age until we grew up and kind of, like, got back together. But we was with our family, actually. But you know how nobody can raise you like your mom posts to. Yeah, it was really like now, looking back at it, just growing up, though, it was mainly... This is the trials of life, man. Sometimes some people get it good, and some people get it a little bit harder, but it makes you a little bit stronger. Just being around at that young age, having to not be naive as I grew up made me become a better person when it came to a time where I had to use some of my lessons I learned in survival. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So how was it for you when you got out on your own? Man, see, one of the things I got in early, man, I got in church, man. The, the lady that got custody of me uh, in the midst of all that, she was in the church. So it kind of drew me to the church and I found a liking to just the things I was finding out about myself through, like, just being honest with myself. Because as a kid, you don't know really what's right and what's wrong for real until you really put your hands on it. Right. You know how they say, learn the hard way. Yeah. So, but I had church. So really that kind of what set me aside from the other kids that was my age that was really thinking the same way I was, but they didn't have another device to go to. I wanted to be a praise dancer because, you know, church was fun. I wanted to sing in the church choir. Okay. So I had to go to choir rehearsal so I couldn't hang out with the young kids. So it went from there out to the point where I was a junior usher, a junior trustee. You know, early 11 and 12 years old, even gotcha. though I was in school, I was playing sports, recreational sports, playing football, getting a chance to be out there with the other guys. I still had guys. So that was one mm. of the best things I had. But see, just growing up and maneuvering, I found God and I found sports. Got you. So tell me about your experience, man. And, you know, you say you played sports. Well, it started really in middle school. It was it was like 
I didn't know what was going on in middle school. I was just there. <laughs> I was getting joked all through middle school, man. I ain't had the best clothes and stuff. And when I got to high school and uh, I seen them kids in high school, I was like, oh, my God, this is what girls look like in school. <laughs> like when they dressing for real, I'm talking about dresses and high heels and stuff. I was like, oh, man. So in high school, kind of light went off like, man, you can play sports. You can get in the newspaper. You can get on the news, stuff like that. It was like, oh, and see, coming from a family like mine's, Really, I didn't get a lot of attention. I really didn't get a lot of love. It was just, boy, go ahead over there and do that. Boy, go ahead outside, boy. It wasn't really a nurturing uh, family that I came from. So then when I got in school and realized that people can really love you and don't know you, it's like as far as my teachers and the principal and the coaches and stuff like that, that really show you genuine care. That's when I was like, you know what? I want to get my grades together and I'm about to just be something and be somebody. And, um... I just wanted to stand out, man, because I just always was the one in my family. They always just say stuff like, oh, he's going to be a charming kid. Oh, he got so much potential. Or I used to hate when they used to say he's going to be just like his dad and stuff like that. So I had a bad enigma around me because of my dad and because sometimes I did used to act out as a kid. But coming from middle school, I couldn't play sports because I didn't have the 2.0 coming from middle school. See, now they got a new rule where the kids come from middle school, they get a clean slate. They can play high school sports in the beginning because the grades don't matter. So I was one of the last people that that happened to, and I was still able to play and become a successful athlete. So they came and um, talked to me about that when the rule changed. They talked to me about how I feel about the rule being changed. Right. Just, man, becoming yourself, man, becoming who you are, your whole identity. Yeah. And um, just what you can find out about yourself when you just learn the characteristics of who you are, like playing sports. I didn't know that I was going to be an All-American in track. I just went wow. and tried out. Wow. I didn't know that I had a jump shot. My basketball coach seen me in the hallway. He said, man, you like basketball? I was like, oh, yeah, but I'm more of a football player. Right. He's like, man, you look like a basketball player. And I was like, no, I'm not a basketball player. He said, well, let me see your jump shot. So I put my notebook down and I did my jump shot for him. And he said, no, nah, hold on, that's wrong. He said, let me see your push-up. So I get down in the middle of the hallway while the class is changing and I'm doing a push-up. Right, right. But if you can see what I'm doing, my elbow was a little wider than it was supposed to be when mm. I did my push-up. That's why my elbow was a little bit wider when on my jump shot. Okay. So he fixed my jump shot. So now I feel like I'm a basketball player because I just listened to the coach that I just met in the hallway and he fixed my jump shot. I'm already fast. Right. I'm already got good size, got good speed, but... He just fixed my jump shot. So I'm like, oh, man, this man might know something. That's a sign of love right there. Just somebody okay. telling me something that can help me out. And he don't even know me. Right. And that's my freshman year. His name is Darren Sandlin. He was a Booker T graduate, too. That's my guy, man. That's my coach, man. I love him to death. All right. Yeah, I just went to his little 30th year anniversary for coaching. A little dinner he had. He invited some of the guys that he know, and he invited me. But things like that is what turned me around to even knowing that everything wasn't about survival. Right, Some right. things is about love and care. Yeah. And so... Being that I had the survival background, mm -hmm. man, once I started getting genuine care from people, man, I just feel like God just, that was when he really put his hand on me and said, okay, now you see what I have for you now. Like, you now see why you went through what you went through. Now you wow. see why everything was kind of hard for you in the beginning. Now you see why mm. you felt like that them people in your family wasn't treating you right. Now you see why wow. you got to love people. Now I see why I got to be a specimen of love and care. Wow. So, go ahead, go ahead. I got you right no, there. No, you're fine, man. I was just wanted to go back to what you said you was growing up. You didn't come from a family of, of love. And I always say, Cordell, man, you never know who's listening, man, with teenager that may be going through the same thing you're going through. So, talk to me about how that felt, not receiving <laughs> that love, and how you dealt with it, you know, as a young man growing up. It was just a thing where you start to know that you're not being treated right. Mm-hmm. 
when people get custody of you because of the check. Okay. They just want the money. Um, yeah, and they feel like they can do things that they're not supposed to do only because they have control. Mm. And you're a kid. Yeah. And so I dealt with those things as well. Whereas as a kid, you shouldn't even feel that much. Like you should never feel the fact where, you know, somebody is dealing with you just because. Yeah. Yeah. You just Because dead. of a check. Like Christmas gifts was just like not coming in. Like clothes I was getting. I was, I was getting joked at school because I was getting clothes that kids joke kids for. Like, I don't want to wear those. Like, right. I don't want to wear Filas when Filas is not in style. And I'm in seventh grade. Right. Even though them shoes is nineteen ninety nine, yeah, and I know they're cheap, but I mean, it got to be other sacrifices made for the kids, and that's why, as a father right now, I'm a father of three. Mm -hmm. So, as a father right now, I sacrifice everything I have for my kids. But it just was a bad feel, man. Like drugs was in the household. It was just things like that that I was just dealing with that I couldn't foresee that was supposed to be happening to me. Right. And so it, things just changed. And um, as I started growing up and I started reading books, you know, I started learning about Malcolm X, started learning about mm. people that was before me, that everything wasn't good for them as well. Right. So I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. This is not going to be me. And um, I'm still going to love people. Like one of my aunts that had custody of me right now, I just seen her last night. I still call her mom. I still never disrespect her even though I know she didn't do what she was supposed to do by my mom mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I still show her that God is a part of my life and I got to love you, not wow. because of what you did, but because of it's in me. Yeah. And that when people feel that much right there, then you done your part. Mm -hmm. So I really try not to even indulge on what people did. Um, even like as far as my dad, I wouldn't have found my dad. I wouldn't have found out where he was at, where he was living. And I wouldn't have got my dad now to this day. I take care of my dad. I pay my dad phone bill. I pay my dad rent. And you know, you didn't hold anything against him. No, that's my dad. Yeah. I'll never get another dad. Yeah. I would never find another dad. I took my last year for Father's Day. I asked my dad what he wanted. He told me he'd never been to the zoo. And I said, I never been to the zoo neither. So I took my dad to the zoo. He said, son, man, I feel like I've been born again, man. Like, and see that right there? Nobody can't that's pay tangible. me no money for to make yeah, me feel like tangible. that. Tangible, yeah. Nobody can't give me that feeling right there that I made his life feel fulfilled. He did that for me just by doing what he just did. Yeah. No money, no nothing, no Christmas gift, no everything he missed. He never did nothing. He, came, he never came to my graduation, none of my football games, nothing. But my mom died early, and I know it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's right. just the way the world go. But what would I be like if I just sit there and, and kick him when he down? Yeah. He already feel like less of a man for not being a man. So that ain't my job for to make him feel less. Just keep loving him. So that's what I got out of the survival and the love. I got the best man I could be out of all the worst ways I felt. Wow. Out of all the worst ways somebody ever you treated me, I became good. the best man in the world. Yeah. Man. So you kind of used it as fuel that motivated you. I tell people this all the time, man. Life is a book, and it's up to you how big it is. It's up to you how many pages is in your book. Yeah. And so if I'm writing my own life story, man, who else is going to write this thing for you? Like, at the end of the day, you can only live a life where you feel like your blessings going to come wow. through your kids. Like, if I've been living a blessed life, man, I know my kids going to be blessed. I can tell by the way God keeps putting them out in this world. Mm -hmm. When they're coming out at label with no harm, all their eyes, all their toes, all their fingers, their eyes pretty, their hair long, yeah. their bones strong. Like, that's because God blessing me because I'm blessing myself. I'm blessing him back. So I just keep living right. Just all I do is keep living right. But that's what I tell people all the time. You cannot change the way people do you in life. You cannot mm. control the hurt that you endeavor. Mm. You cannot it. control the way that people are treating you. Because if somebody would have told them what I'm telling you right now, then they wouldn't be treating you like that. Yeah. So the way that their life is designed is not up to you.
All I got to do is keep loving. So, yes, that's what I got out of it. So that's just the beginning in a nutshell. That's how you find yourself. That's right. that's how you become a man if you're a man. Or that's how you become a woman if you're a woman. Mm -hmm. Because you start to learn that everything don't deserve a reaction. Everything don't deserve my anger and my emotions and my feelings. I do not have to capitalize off every time somebody mess up. I do not got to capitalize on that. Right. Because God already fixed that. So that's the best I got out of what people did to me. Wow. Man, one of my family members, I ain't even going to say no name up here, but they know used to send me as a kid to make the drug transaction. Got you. Like, what if the police would have stopped me as a young seven-year-old with a brown paper bag in my hand? Yeah. Walking across the street. And I was glad that my little brother was under me mm -hmm. because maybe like right now he would not have been that lucky to be able to maneuver and like he would have been traumatized. Mm -hmm. But see, God put it on who can handle it. Even like as a, at that same age when my aunt was doing that, one of my cousins was molesting me. So and I did not want him to touch my little brother. So I had right, to deal right. with it for a little bit until God always worked in mysterious ways. Before I got old enough to do what I was supposed to do to him, he went to jail. So it was just stuff like that that was happening. So I just, you know, I just grew out of stuff, man. And I just became the best person. But mm -hmm. I'm the cornerstone of my family. So, you know, things had to go like they went. Right. People look up to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And nobody really never knew nothing. Like nobody really never knew a lot of the stuff that I went through in my family. Some people thought I come from a rich background. Mm -hmm. When I grew up in high school, some people thought I was rich. Some people didn't even know I was wearing dirty clothes to school. And the other day at my job now, I just won best dressed teacher. I'm a teacher at my high school right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just won best dressed in high school as a teacher. And I used to wear dirty clothes to school in high school. See yeah. how I come around? That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. How the circle go. Yeah. That's how you got to keep on living, man. You got to wow. fight this thing out. I didn't even think about that till just now. I just said it. I used to wear dirty clothes mm -hmm. to high school, mm. and I just won best dress. The seniors voted me as the best dressed teacher in the school. Wow. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be best dressed when I was in high school. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be the best flies in high school when I was going to school. Maybe I was supposed to be poor wearing dirty clothes, but I wasn't always going to be like that. But I didn't know that when I was wearing those shirts. See, some kids might not even go to school if they don't got no clean, clean clothes. clothes on. See, and that's a different test and a different results. The kid probably that didn't ever go to school, he probably wind up in jail. Mm. But now the kid that went to school with the dirty clothes on, the he become a teacher, the best <laughs> dress. And that right there, and that's an example that just, that just happened Friday. That's crazy. What would you tell a young man right now, man? What would you encourage him with to say? Man. Oh, man, I got a 15-year-old, so I can tell this to my own son. Okay. First, you got to live strategic. Every single thing that you do starting right now at 15 years yes, old, it matters. It counts. It yeah. matters, bro. Every word that you say, bro, they're going to find out that you said it because it's the world of social media. Mm -hmm. It's a world of the camera phone. It's a world of the screenshot. So first of all, in this life right here, you got to live strategic. Get you some paperwork and get you something that you can stand on that is yours because there's nowhere out here for you with nothing. This is me as a 34-year-old man that I didn't even have nothing in my name until I was 28, 29 years old. I ain't have a license until I was 31 years old. So get you some. Start right now at 15 years old, getting you a bank account, not going in the negative. Start out trying to stay in the house sometimes and not going to every party. As a young kid, like as a 15-year-old, trying to take some food out your mouth that you know you're supposed to be eating. Start eating healthy. Like, it's things like that that I would tell these young kids now because now, See, when I was 15, mm -hmm. this is what they were telling you. 
man, go ahead to college, go to school, get you a degree, mm. get you a good job, yeah. pay all your loans back. See, now as a 15-year-old, the world has changed so big, so much, you got to tell these kids how to maintain real life. Right. Because that right there will stop them kids from doing anything stupid. Having a stable mind will stop the kid from making bad decisions. Yeah. It's not about who you know or what you know. It's about being stable in your own self. One of my friends just bought his old lady a school, and then the next two days he died. He got killed because of something that he done 15 years ago. He changed his life. He's being a family man. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He just bought his girl a career, a whole school for her, and then he died two days after that for something he done 15 years ago. Wow. So his past caught up with him. Yes, sir. And that's what I'm trying to let these young 15 years... Bro, it don't matter. That female that you say something wrong to, that light you might run, something that can change your life in a split second. Mm. I tell my son this all the time. I say, listen, son, you cannot be perfect. They told you that, right? They told you that you can't be perfect, right? But this is what I'm about to tell you. You can be as perfect as you need to be. You can be as perfect as you want to be because if you do everything right, I guarantee you, if you make the right decisions, your life yeah. will be so smooth, you'll yeah. think it's perfect. You'll think it's perfect. If you make the right decisions, I promise you, son, if you don't have sex till you get out of high school, I'm telling you, I had it. My son was born my senior year, yeah. the same son I'm talking to. I was an all-American hurdler mm. in high school. I was number two in the country in the 400 hurdles. It's documented. If I would not been having sex, I would have been number one. If I would have not been having sex, I would have had a Nike contract out of high school to run for Nike. But because I was just good with being the best where I was at, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be great. I was having sex. You know, I was smoking. You know, I was just thinking I was just that good. And see, that's how it happens. You think you're just that good because you are that good. But it can be snatched away when you disrespect the talent and the blessing yeah, and the wow. guilt. So see, now, yeah, that's deep. I'm back coaching and trying to get these 15-year-olds what I'm supposed to be getting when I was 15. That's why I'm in the high school. That's why I'm, I'm a JV coach basketball and a JV coach from football. Right now, it's life is in a full circle. Mm. The same way I just told you, I learned who I was in playing sports when I got to high school. I went back and found the same young man that don't know who they is when they come to high school and tell them, and this is what you got to do, bro. Because yeah. I'm not leaving here until I make a change. Mm -hmm. That's my school. That's my city. I went to school with some of these kids' moms and in these schools right now. I went to school with some of these kids' dads. They were my teammates. Some of their dads passed away that's dead, and I know them, and they in the school. That's my calling, man. That's where all that struggle comes from. That's where the, the survival, that's where the people that done me wrong, this is what they made me. This is what they made me do. They made me go take care of everybody's kid. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of all the kids. I'm going to tell all the kids what the people should have told me. Yes, sir. I seen this movie called Antoine Fisher, man. It's kind of like that. Okay. You go back and you show them that you become great. Better. You don't yeah. be mean to nobody. You don't cuss nobody out. You don't got to talk trash to nobody. You just go back and show them that you've been great, that God has been great to you because of what you've done to me. So thank you. Mm. Yes. For who you made me. <laughs> exactly, man. That's that's it, man. That's the best part about yeah. it, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So if you could go back right now to the younger you, you would you change anything about it? About you growing up, or would you? Hey, man, this right here is touche right here. The only yeah. thing I would do, man, I would bring my mom back, man. That's got it. you, got you. Wow. That's it, man. But everything wow. else, everything man, because of wrong. the man I am now, yeah. yeah, man, yeah. Because, see, that's the only thing that really makes your life fumble right there when mm -hmm. you, you have all this fun, man, you know, and you think about how one day it's going to be over, right? Right. So 
to the people that it's over for, like my mom, for instance, you know, I have to make sure that I talk to her while I'm here. Yeah. Because when I leave, see, she died too early. So I know what it feels like when you leave early. Mm. So now I want to stuff like this, like talking to you and expressing this to you. I want that stuff to be documented in this, in my lifespan. So when I do leave, I will still be here. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I will still be around. People can still touch me when I leave, when I, when I transcend. Like, Mm. so that's the only thing. Like it's all in love. It's all in great favor because man, like I said, I used to ask myself, dang, man, how did he take my mom? Like, oh, pretty, beautiful Carolyn. Why did he take her? Wow. But then I grew up, I realized he took a lot of people. And then I thought about, okay, well, you know what? The pain she was going through. I mean, that was selfish of me to want her to stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I wouldn't really change that, man. I just stayed with who I am. You know, I might just pray more. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. Wow. Hey, man, we met at T-Mobile, right? <laughs> yep. We had to get in the phone, man. Get I was in line getting the phone, and man. I was yes, in line, man. I heard you speaking, man. I said that guy got a powerful voice, man. And when you left, I ran behind you and got yeah. your number, man. And here we are. Yeah, got out of line. Yep. Got out of line, man. Absolutely. Yep. Because I knew, man, I felt something, man, of value coming from you when you was talking, man. I said, that guy right there got a voice, man. So I appreciate you accepting coming on Let's Just Talk About It podcast, man, and sharing your journey with us. Yes, man. Yes, man. It was great, man. It was a great space, man. I appreciate you for letting me um, let me just express myself, man. It was great, man. Just I feel better just for even just being able to do what I just did, man. I feel good right now, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Anybody you want to give a shout out to before we get off? Man, I just want to just, man, say uh, shout out to the whole staff and students at Booker T. Washington High School, man. I love my school, man. I love my kids, man. I want to uh, give a special shout out to John A. Harding. I know it's been a hard, rough month for you, but we good. We back home. And all my kids, man, I love y'all, man. Just be blessed, man. Appreciate you again, man, for just the time. And, you know, we're going to probably do this again one day when I get another achievement in life, man. I will come back and share that with you, man. Absolutely. You're achieving now, man. You're pushing now as a teacher, helping young men, young women better themselves to become better people, man. I really appreciate you, Cordell, for being on Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Shout out to you. Hope you have you back real soon to share what you're up to now. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Have a good one, man. Stay right, blessed, man. All right, you too, brother. All right. Wow, what an amazing conversation. Shout out to my friend Cordell for having this dialogue with me. You know, one of the things he said that really stuck out to me was the fact that he saw what he went through in his past as a piece of the puzzle that made him into the man he is today, that it gave him the love and compassion to reach back to help another young man or young lady to become better. So hey, after listening to Cordell's experience, you now realize that your past doesn't have to dictate your future. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Just Talk About It podcast and please check out my website just google let's just talk about it podcast.com and then hit that subscribe button to receive all the new episodes every friday you can also find me on facebook just type in chuck l-j-t-a-i so as always until next time don't hold it in but let's just talk about it talk to you soon